Let's go to our lesson. So far, yeah, we're in chapter five. So far, we've looked at our provider, our healer, our banner, and our peace. Today, we're going to look at our shepherd. Okay. Chapter five. Chapter, uh, we're looking at, uh, yeah, session five. Page 59, session five. Yes, our shepherd. Okay. Yes, the Lord is my shepherd. <laughs> and um, uh, Psalm 23 is what we're going to be looking at. This psalm is attributed to David. It's called the Psalm of David. And, uh, and David writes from his experience as a shepherd when he was a young boy. Uh, he was able to take the imagery of shepherding and apply it to God as the shepherd of his life. And so this psalm is a really powerful testimony of David's trust, ultimate trust in God's guidance and care for him in times of both peace and trials. And we can learn a lot from David's experience uh, in this psalm. So let's look at the first question that we have. When has a guide made an experience more memorable for you? You've been on a trip or a tour somewhere and uh, involved in that, including that was a, a tour, a guided tour. Of a lifetime. Right, whatever kind of tour it was. Uh, when uh, has a guide made an experience like that more memorable for you? Okay, your trip to England and you saw the palace was the guide was the guide helpful? Yes, very helpful. He showed us that truly they had planned the infant and mm -hmm. he explained a lot of things to us. Okay, so that was a good experience. Anybody else? And the Auntie and I were in Cuba. <laughs> Cuba, y'all went to see Gastro. Gastro saw us. The guys went way and beyond um, um, his ex our expectation. Okay. He took us to, you know, most most guys normally take you to the um, the tourist areas, mm. but he took us in the ghetto. The ghetto. Yeah, we got to he met his family. Mm. Yeah, it was a really a very nice experience. Okay, very good. Anybody else? L.A. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was really, had a, a whole strip that just it's colored in rain, rainbow colors. Mm. It was an old vision. I think it was a child. And they turned it into a place where they needed to be. Mm. That's just, I mean, even the, in a church. Yeah. But the guide made it memorable. Okay, that's the key. Mm -hmm. How memorable the guide made that door. Oh, okay, let's look at Bible Meets Life. Okay. Maps are good to direct you from one place to another, but you need to study them before leaving on a trip. If you don't know the route well, you will need to stop periodically and double check the map. GPS is better, but you still have to pay attention. Yeah. You must glance continually at the screen to get a visual of how soon a turn is coming or listen intently to the verbal instructions. 
The best way to travel is with someone who knows the route well. A guide can anticipate things and remind you to get in the left lane or be prepared for a sharp turn. They often know shortcuts that the GPS is not clever enough to know. A guide can also provide color commentary as you travel, telling you interesting tidbits about places along the route. Let's admit, we all need a guide to get through life. Even when we think we have things figured out, life inserts a roadblock and the journey changes. But God does for us just as a shepherd does for his flock. God is our good shepherd, who guides us on the right path and in the right direction. Okay. And uh, what's the point? God hey, but the David box. Us as he walks with us. Okay, God guides us as he walks. So he don't he don't give you instructions and say go down two so and turn up two so and you can see one big white house on the corner and then one big yellow tree. That's baby. <laughs> no. He guides us and he walks with us. Alright? Don't you love that when he guides you? Oh yes. Okay. When, when you ask for someone for instructions, isn't it better when they say, come let me show you? Yes. And they say, okay, you got a pen? <laughs> they confuse you more than they tell you. I went somewhere one time and where they had changed the routes and stuff, that was when they were doing the new roads. Mm. And I couldn't find this person. They had detoured me as well. So I went around where the detour said to go, and I could not even fathom where I was. Yeah. And I saw somebody on their porch, and I said, well, please, can you tell me where to get to so-and-so? He said, yeah, this, this, and no, just let me show you. So he came out, and he got into his truck, and he took me where to, you know, where the main road was to go there. And he says, now you can find her from here. He says, if you need any more help, then just let me know now, and I can probably do you further. But he took me right there, and I said, thank you so much. Well, that was nice. Yeah, it was. Because he didn't have to leave his house to come and tell, show me where to, I mean, take me where it was. Probably everybody yeah. probably stopped and asked him to get direction anyway. <laughs> I called this guy one time to go to his place, and he told me, oh, you can find it on GPS. They just go to GPS, and... And I went on the GPS. I passed the place. <laughs> I ended down the road on the other side of the street. And I called him and I said, man, this is wicked. He said, where are you? And I told him, I said, you passed me, man. <laughs> GPS is okay if you know how to use it. Yeah, and that's the first time I ever used GPS here. Oh, I know I use it here. in the I States. Yeah, I did uh, um, uh, Lawn Smith. Uh, yes. He, um, he told I had to go to this place to take a car to get repaired. And he says, oh, just follow, just call on GPS. And uh, it worked, but um, I don't know, something I missed, got something off. Yeah. I did that in the States one time and it took me to, a, to an abandoned place. <laughs> um, I said, well, does, you have arrived at. No. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just it. It tells you you've arrived and you know you don't know whether you're there or not. Okay, let's look at the first paragraph, uh, first verse, first three verses. The Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the right path. 
Okay. All right. Let's look at the uh, the paragraphs beneath that. Let's continue reading. David David very well may have written Psalm 23 during the latter years of his reign as Israel's king. <coughs> it clearly has the ring of personal experience. It testifies to a faith tested by trials and a life mellowed and matured by the passing of years. David had experienced conflict, both internal and external, including wars, family division, personal disappointments, discouragement, and despair. His hands were soiled by the murder of Uriah. His adulterous relationship with Bathsheba ignited family fightings that led to ongoing conflict among family members. David experienced sin and the deep sorrow of its consequences. He knew the pain of one son's death and the rebellion of another who tried to take his kingdom. Yet, this psalm affirmed that, through it all, David knew God as his tender shepherd. The imaginary in this psalm may go back to David's childhood experiences. As a shepherd boy, David was deemed an unlikely candidate to become the king of Israel. It is significant that David, the great warrior, was drawn to a was drawn to a simple but assuring deposition of God. Depiction. What? Depiction. Depiction of God as a gentle shepherd, caring for the needs of his flock. The profound impact of Psalm 23 is not discovering that God cares like a shepherd, but the intimacy of the truth that God is my shepherd. He is the shepherd who lets me lie down in green pastures, who leads me beside quiet waters. David knew, the be David knew he belongs to the Lord, and that gave him calm assurance in the midst of trial. Next page. Sixty-one. Yeah. Next page. Yeah, more. Sixty-two. David's expression of absolute trust was stated in profound simplicity. I have what I need. He mentioned the green pastures and quiet waters, but it's because they are fun. Fundamental needs of the sheep, of the sheep. If they are to survive and grow, sheep cannot continue to follow the shepherd without sufficient rest and adequate food. The shepherd must put put, put, him, put himself at risk and often travel great distances to meet these basic needs. But he does. So, because his care and focus are on the sheep, our satisfaction level is directly related to our approximately to the Good Shepherd. The phrase, he renews my life, can convey two ideas. Renewal can refer to a straying sheep, sheep that has been brought back to the fold. 
It also may point to the deep renewal available to all sheep that remain it in relationship with the shepherd. The two pictures are intervene, intertwined. God, God desires abundance for all his sheep, even the strange ones. Yes, he does. He leads me along the right path. Simply means that he will be safe and protected because of the shepherd's presence. This does not mean we will not face danger and difficulty as we follow the shepherd. Verse 4 reminds us the sheep may travel through dark valleys, yet they can have courage in knowing they need not fear the danger as long as they remain near the shepherd. The final phrase of verse 3, for his name's sake, serves as a refrain. The good shepherd will never lead his sheep into paths that would prove harmful or destructive because it is contrary to his character. God gives the guidance we need for his name's sake. Amen. Okay. I think he can on <laughs> Okay. So, uh, the first two paragraphs there uh, is interesting. David very well may have written 20, Psalm, Psalm 23 during the latter years of his reign as Israel's king. It clearly has the ring of personal experience. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. Okay, personal. It testifies to his faith tested by trials and a life mellowed and matured by the passing of years. Yes. All right, so you can see here he's speaking from experience, experience vast experience. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, the second paragraph talks about uh, how David experienced conflict, both internal and external, mm -hmm. uh, including wars and family divisions. I was reading this morning about the incident with uh, um, his two sons. Uh, um, number one son killed the other son because he raped his sister and uh, uh, it was interesting that that would include one of the family divisions but at the end of the story it uh, after after his son went away for three years and hid away at his uncle's place to stay away from his other brothers who would threaten him uh, David longed for a relationship with him uh, even though he killed one of his other sons, and he mourned deeply and gravely for that son, uh, he uh, he still longed for that. And so he had all these uh, divisions in his family, personal disappointments and discouragements and despair. His hands were soiled by the murder of Uriah. Boy, that was a vicious crime. His adulterous relationship with Bathsheba ignited family infighting that led to ongoing conflict among family members. David experienced sin and deep sorrow of its consequences. He knew the pain of one son's death and the rebellion of another tried to take his kingdom. And on and on and on it goes. Okay, so David is speaking here from in the Psalm with all those experiences 
uh, on the back and in, in the backdrop of what he's gone through, and then of course he's speaking as a shepherd because uh, the imagery he provides is from his personal experience as a shepherd taking care of sheep, and um, uh, when he encountered the, the, the great Philistine warrior. He talked about how he protected the sheep, how a, a lion came and he grabbed the lion and ripped his jaws apart and bear came and he, and, and all in protection of his sheep. Uh, his primary responsibility was to ensure that the sheep were fed and they were kept safe. Uh, they were well watered and uh, kept safe from individual from animals, wild animals, but also from robbers. There are people who used to steal sheep in those days too. Yeah. All right, so he had to watch out for the animals talking as well as for other human beings coming to take sheep. And uh, David used God's covenant name, the Lord Yahweh, emphasizing his shepherd was not only true, he was, he was also the true God, true and living God, uh, who had revealed himself uh, in his name. And of course, he, has got, he, he, he establishes covenant with the Israelites. Uh, and so David described God as his personal shepherd, as if he was the only sheep. And that's the idea that he wants us to get. So that when we call upon our shepherd, we know we are thinking that, oh, you know, I'm not, I don't want to bother him because he's got some other sheep that got more problems than me. No. We think about him as our personal, we're the only sheep. That's right. And so he has, we have his undivided attention. He's not going to be distracted by anyone else to the point where he's going to miss something happening to us because his gaze is not on us. And that's the idea that, uh, that David wants us to get here when he uses his personal uh, expression. Okay, uh, question number two. In what ways have you experienced God's guidance in life? Just like David, okay. through trials and tribulations, mm -hmm. such as family conflicts, legal battles, relationships. Okay. Have you often um, viewed him as your personal shepherd or as just, I'm one of his sheep oh, and he's going to take care of me like he takes care of all of the rest. We all, we all lumped in this together. Have we seen him like that? Or have we seen him as David presents him here as a, my shepherd? As my shepherd. My shepherd. My shepherd. And if we do that, we'll experience uh, some real interesting times. Uh, when have you felt like your soul was restored, as David mentions here? Have you had an experience like that where you felt your soul was restored? Yes. As David says, he restored my soul. Anybody had an experience like that that you can relate to David? Yes, I can. In many situations, I can say that. Sickness, finance, okay. you name it. <laughs> All right. Very good. There's so many ways the Lord hears and also helps you. And we're not conscious. We would not recognize his presence. True. And therefore, you have to remember that although that we do not build the mind of God and ask the Bible says we will become like him, but not now. Because when we get over there and see him face to face, then his earthly body will be changed to a heavenly body. 
or to a celestial body, then we would be like him. But in the present, many times, of course, even right now, the Lord is here with us. And therefore, you have to take into consideration that whatever you say, just imagine, he is right on the outside of the door, listening to what you say, and then you open the door, you will see him face to face. That's the kind of life that you have to live. Outside of that, I have to rest my case. <laughs> Amen. Okay, our shepherd gives us the guidance we need. In the next verses, we'll see that God also walks with us yes. in our difficulties. Oh, yes. Okay, isn't it good to have someone beside you who oh, yes. is able, more able than you are? Oh, yeah. Look at the next verses, verses 4 to 5. I'll read that one, Brother Randy, because I want to ask you a question after I read it. <laughs> I hope we can answer it. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, go ahead. Even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Now when my grandson was like probably eight, nine years old, every Saturday night I would pick him up take him to me to bring him to church. And we would always sing or say some Bible verses on him. This one we was reading, um, the, the 23rd Psalm, and when we got to my cup running over, he stopped me. He said, Ma, what was in a cup running over? How would you have answered that? I said, that's all I <laughs> okay, that one is addressed too. We're going to look at that. My cup overflows or my yes. cup runneth over. All right, let's read the paragraphs beneath that verse and then we can look at that question. But I believe that's all here next time. <laughs> okay, in verses uh, 1 to 3, the shepherd is pictured as a, as a, pictured as a guy who scouts the landscape to lead his flock. Uh, to food, water, and rest. Now he is seen as coming alongside the sheep to personally escort the flock. When the sheep face the testing of a dark valley, he is by their side. The rod and staff were the tools the shepherd used to protect and to guide the sheep. The rod was a short club-like stick worn on the belt and used against animals and thieves. The staff could serve as a walking stick, but when necessary, the shepherd employed it to keep the sheep from straying off the path. When we feel the pressure of the staff, we might be tempted to react in anger, but we can trust our shepherd is concerned for our care and protection. God's discipline is always motivated by his unchanging love. He guides us back into the right path so that we will, we will know his presence and experience his protection, even, as the phrase says, in the dark valley. In verse 5, the imagery of the sheep and the shepherd is exchanged for an even more intimate picture. David now pictured himself as a guest in the Lord's house. Mm-hmm. Jesus, the good shepherd, reclined at a table with his disciples. Indeed, his last gathering with them before his crucifixion was when he kept the Passover with them. Jesus promised his disciples that he would one day eat and drink with them in his kingdom. When we are 
walking through dark valleys of doubt, discouragement, and difficulty, how good it is to know God is and will be with us. Reassurance. Reassurance, right? Yes, it is. Promise that he will be with us. Now, let me uh, look at that question, Sister Betty. Yet. <laughs> it says, uh, what does it say? My cup runneth over. Okay. My cup overflows. Okay. David. David felt so blessed by being in God's presence that he was overwhelmed by God's favor toward him. Uh, that's why he could say that his cup overflows. It speaks of God's overwhelming favor. You know, we have some of the few people who say I'm uh, blessed and highly favored. We have that, hear that expression a lot, right? Uh, well, this is what David was saying in, 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 in a way. Uh, he felt so blessed that in being in God's presence that he was overwhelmed by God's favor to the point where he said, Oh, my cup is overflowing. God's blessings uh, upon my life is overflowing. Uh, God had lavished his goodness on David. Uh, Paul expressed the same attitude. Describing how God lavishes us with uh, the riches of his grace in Ephesians. Remember that expression, Ephesians chapter 1, uh, when he talks about God sending Jesus to die for us on the cross. Uh, so Paul had that same expression. Uh, a couple of points uh, we have from the passage uh, that we want to highlight. Oh, one question. Did we look at question number three? Three? three question number three? Yeah. yeah. Have a look at it, yeah. Okay, let's look at some highlights from that paragraph, the paragraphs we read. Um, in verses one to three, the shepherd is pictured as, a, pictured as a guide who scouts the landscape to lead his flock to food, water, and rest. Uh, so there were times when the shepherd had to leave his sheep in order to go out and look for greener pastures and place where there was nice water. But the shepherd did that in such a way that he knew that his sheep, while he was gone, would not be in danger. Now it took a lot of work and effort on the part of the sheep and concern on the shepherd because he would take his shepherd to a particular area and he had to make sure that they would be safe when he's gone. All right, so there's a concern there uh, that we have a greater concern we have of the shepherd uh, when he scouts the landship. Now he sees, he is seen as coming alongside the sheep to personally escort the flock. Okay, uh, there's a point where he leaves them alone, then he goes and looks for food and water, a nice pasture for them, make sure they're safe, and then he comes back and he guides them to wherever he found that food and water, a nice uh, because he may have found in his scouting that there, there was some habitation along the way with wild, wild animals habitated. Or there may be some crooks that he saw along the way who he saw probably stealing somebody else's sheep. And so he comes back and he, he is careful to guide his sheep 
along those paths because he's already gone before and he's seen all the dangers and all the, the complications and so he's now guiding his flock, personally escorting his flock. So, excuse me, so you think he do checks, condom or anything like that, you know, with this thing, you know? Oh yeah, he knows, he knows the sheep. He knows the sheep. Shepherd knows. Uh, and he could tell when everyone is missing. Yeah. And he also can tell where he needs to go and look for that sheep. Because in every in every family there's a problem person, right? Black sheep. We call him the black sheep. Okay. <laughs> Alright, so whenever that person acts up, you you often know yeah. uh, what to do. You probably better go find them, what they're up to, and so on and so forth. Okay, well it was just that it was that that way with the shepherd. Whenever a sheep had a problem sheep, the sheep is always uh, rebellious, always wanted to do his own thing and go his own way and stray off, and, and so he, he knew uh, that particular sheep. The rod and the staff were the tools that came into play uh, whenever that happened. Uh, he used them to protect and to guide the sheep. There were times when the sheep would get caught in a ticket and grab that hook and hook them back and pull them in, and then the, 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 the rod to beat off the animals and, and the robbers. You see, the rod wasn't even to beat off the wild animals, it was to beat other people who were trying to steal the sheep. Okay? Yeah, so Brother Randy, mm. uh, the earthly illustration of the shepherd breaks down only a little bit because Jesus never leaves us to scout out ahead of us. He gave us the comforter, the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So God never leaves us alone to check out things ahead of us like the shepherd has to sometimes. Right, that's the difference. That's the difference because he's omniscient. He knows everything. Right. So he never has to leave us. And he's omnipresent. And he's omnipresent, right? So he doesn't have to go anywhere. Good point. Okay, the third point we have is uh, when we feel pressure of the staff, we may be tempted to react in anger. And we've seen that happen, right? Oh, we've yeah. experienced that. Whenever a person strays off and someone tries to correct them, uh, and they get angry and rebellious because they don't want anybody telling them what to do, even though the person has their best interests at heart. Yes. Same thing happens with... Uh, the shepherd, the sheep gets upset and angry when he wants to have his own way and the shepherd says, no, you don't know what's best for you, I know what's best for you. Uh, and when God does that to us, we have a tendency to be rebellious too. Yeah. But then you pay the consequences of that, right? Oh, yes, you do. But we can trust our shepherd who is concerned for and care for our protection. Okay, we have that uh, activity there. Did anybody do that? Yes, yes. sorry, you did, right? <laughs> yes. Choose one of the following scenarios and explain how God acts as a shepherd in each case. A man who has served the Lord for many years now finds himself out of work through no fault of his own. A teenage at your church has made a series of poor choices and is now in trouble with the authorities. A couple in your neighborhood is considering moving to a new city to help with church plant. I did one. Okay, go ahead. Uh, God in that time will give him guidance and wisdom. Which one is that? Number one. Okay, a man has served the Lord for many years. Okay. That finds itself out of work. God will give him guidance and wisdom by placing the right people in his path. So he'll be in the right place at the right time. Okay. All right, anybody else did any of the other ones? How could God use you to work alongside him as he leads each of these individuals on their journey? 
Pray for them. Okay. Pray for them. Mm-hmm. And give whatever advice you can give based on your own experience, right? Oh, yes. Okay. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. John 10 and 11. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, let's look then at the last verse. We didn't do question three and four. Oh, question four. four. But I thought that was for the other thing. But. Question three. We did three? Yeah. When have you experienced God's mm-hmm. presence in a dark valley? Mm-hmm. Anybody had a dark valley experience where you experienced, oh, experienced God's presence? Yes. Loss of a job. Loss of a job, okay. Loss of friends. Friends, loved yes. ones, okay. Mm-hmm. And you experience God's presence how? Feeling God's presence, giving you the comfort, like in, in death, you know, knowing that there's assurance that you would meet them one day in glory. Okay, anybody could remember a particular experience that that happened? Yeah, the death of my husband. The death of your husband, okay. First husband. First husband, okay. Uh, so you experience God's presence. As you went through that dark valley. Oh yeah. Okay. Anybody else? Okay. As a shepherd walks us in our difficulties, walks with us in our difficulties. In the next verses, we'll see how he gives us security as well. Uh, we saw that, right? Yes. Uh, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Mm-hmm. And I will do where? Do what? Dwell in the Dwell house. in the house of the Lord. Forever. For how long? But eternity. Okay, forever. Okay, let's read the paragraphs there. Only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. The promises of this psalm continue to heap one upon the other. We are not simply promised a celebratory meal which will soon be over. We are not simply guests. We are residents. We will live we will live with God as long as we live, which is forever. Only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life. Faithful love refers to God's covenant love promised to his own people. Throughout scripture, we see the people of God continually relying on the bedrock truth that God is faithful. He exhibits his goodness and faithful love to his people. David concluded that he would live in the presence of God with his unending goodness and faithful love as long as I live. This phrase is literally a length of days, which is not explicitly an expression for eternity. However, since God's covenant love has no end, the logic of this statement implies an eternal dwelling with God. Jesus used the image of the Good Shepherd in John 10 to describe his own ministry. He contrasted the Good Shepherd to the stranger, the thief, the robber, and the hired hand. A thief and a robber desire only to steal and kill the sheep, and a hired hand flees when the sheep are threatened. In contrast, the good shepherd is willing to lay down his life for the sheep. Jesus, God in human flesh, fully revealed what it means to address God as Jehovah Rohi. The book of Revelation 
opens the book of Revelation offers one final picture of Jesus, our good shepherd. For the Lamb who is at the center of the throne will shepherd them. He will guide them to springs of the waters of life, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. <laughs> Revelation 7 and 17. The good shepherd is the Lamb of God who lays down his life for his sheep, and the Lamb of God who is eternally our good shepherd. Okay. Question number four. Which of the images in this passage is most meaningful to you right now? Which image is most meaningful? Which image? Which passage? The passage before? Mm -hmm. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. But then, of course, any other images in the whole passage? Which is most meaningful to you at this particular point in your life? That is right now. Perhaps something you're experiencing, something you just experienced, or something you're preparing to experience, that any of these images uh, would be meaningful to you right now. Thanks, Randy. Then it says, He lives me in the past of righteousness for his name's sake. Um, that should be the most meaningful sense in all of this reading of, of, of the Psalms. Because what is being expressed here is all along the way, um, because God is who he proclaimed himself to be, um, he has to be consistent in no matter what the situation, no matter what the condition of life may present to us or we are confronted with. For his name's sake, he has to be consistent all along the way, every step of the way, because of who he is, because of his name. Mm -hmm. The the, um, the psalmist uh, promises is, uh, the promises of this psalm continue to heap one upon the other. We're not simply promised a celebratory meal, uh, the pastor says, which will soon be over. We are not simply guests. We are residents. Okay, we live with God as long as we live, which is forever. Right? And it goes on to say, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Faithful love refers to God's covenant love promised to his own people. Throughout scripture, we see the people of God continually relying on the bedrock truth that God is faithful. He exhibits his goodness and faithful love to his people. David concluded that he would live in the presence of the Lord with his unending goodness and faithful love forever. The phrase literally, length of days, which is not explicitly an expression for eternity. However, since God's covenant love has no end, the logic of the statement implies an eternal dwelling with God. Yes. All right, so God is there for us and with us. Yes. And we can count on that. Five, 
Question number five. How can our actions and attitudes demonstrate that we follow God as our shepherd? Doing what he has commanded Notice, us to actions do. and attitudes. Doing what he commanded us to oh. do. Okay, what I like for Randy is this last two sentences. When we are walking through dark valleys of doubt, discouragement, and difficulties, how good it is to know God is and will be with us. I like that. That's reassuring, isn't it? Yes. Good. Yep. But I think, as one thing in my life, I can never ever forget. The first time I went to see Chris in prison, and when I reached that place, I, number one, know everybody knowing Brenda. I, some things I, I really tell you that he gets. Release station and all like this. And oh. when I reached there, I got so nervous and crying and oh my God, the said for me. And the spirit just saying, Brenda, look around, it's not only one. And as I look around, I can only see these old men, this thing, and my tears just dry out. Mm. And from that day to this, I can go to knowing that it's not only me. And I can have that thing. Okay. Man. Very good. Okay, so that uh, puts you in that perspective. Okay, let's see how we can uh, flesh this out as we go forward. How will a relationship with the Good Shepherd make a difference in your life? Choose one of the following applications. Just one. One, rest and trust. When God doesn't provide what you think you need, trust His goodness. Spend time this week thanking him yes. for his protection. And only eternity would be able to reveal how God has protected you. Yes. And then the second one is stay close. Mm -hmm. Sin will keep you from experiencing all the good the good shepherd desires for you. Mm -hmm. Acknowledge and confess any sin that keeps you separated from the one who desires to lead you to still waters. And then three, slow down. If you are rushed and hurried, it may be that you, are, you aren't taking time for the shepherd to feed you and restore your soul. Make changes to your schedule to ensure more quality time with God. So you got three options there. Rest and trust, stay close and slow down. We all need help with directions from time to time. Whether we are like whether we like to admit it or not. <laughs> Thankfully, we have the truest guide for life in Jehovah Ruhai, our good shepherd. Our shepherd. Okay, any observations before we close? God is good. All the time. All the time. <laughs> All the time God is good. No wonder why I like that song, Stay Me Like a Shepherd Me. Mm -hmm. Which I need that technically. In that first is part of the for that is my soul. Amen. Amen.